and you're very welcome back to another Ladvice.ie Let's Get Talking, Let's Get Sharing podcast episode. So this episode we're going to be talking about mortgage, a wife, kids and a mortgage, the dream. Maybe it's not the dream, but I wanted to talk about it regardless. I think it's been a topic of discussion that I've seen frequently on social media over the last, well, the last couple of years, but maybe in particular over the last year. Consents a lot of frustration from people with regards to the housing crisis that the country is facing at the moment. This podcast is being recorded in Dublin, Ireland, and it's probably at the centre of the housing crisis, where demand definitely exceeds supply, and that for a multitude of different reasons, not which I'm really going to go into in a great level of detail, has resulted in the housing housing prices and the housing market uh, remaining quite high at the moment, and people are kind of of the opinion that it's somewhat unattainable and the typical viewpoint is that people will be um, stuck in their parents' house for the foreseeable future. I suppose the re- reason for recording this podcast is to try and shed a bit of light on the situation, hopefully give people some hope and hopefully just give them information, insights and access to someone who has in-depth knowledge on the subject so that they can feel a little bit more empowered or they can feel a little bit more capable of going about things in the right way in order to to get a mortgage if it, that is what they want to do and I suppose just to talk a little bit before I, I introduce the guest um, who is a, a mortgage broker let's talk a little bit about mortgages versus renting I suppose the rent prices are quite extortionate at the moment and reason being and I'll keep it very short and sweet but so many people want houses therefore they can charge what it is that they want if you won't pay it someone else will be willing to and that is causing a drive upwards in the prices of rent and it's also made sure that the prices have maintained at that high end of the spectrum i suppose there's a multitude of different things that the government could do to help reduce the effects or the negative effects of this housing crisis and i'm not a politician nor am i an economist so like i'm not really going to get into the detail of it i suppose one thing that I always try and preach on the podcast and on, on ladvice.ie social medias, if you aren't following already, please do, is to try and control the controllables. And one thing that you can control is your own spending habits and your own viewpoint, your own perspective on these things with regards to looking to either buy a house or get uh, a property which you can rent. So I suppose going to keep it within that spectrum. Doing this brief introduction and then once Michael from MC Financial comes on to talk about mortgages, we can get into mortgages a little bit more in depth and then kind of elaborate on some of the the points and some of the key factors with regards to considerations to take into account when applying for a mortgage and how to get ready to make that application as well. And perhaps we can have a a further discussion at some point in the future uh, about mortgages and renting and stuff because it is a really interesting topic and one that I could talk about all day. Um, Yeah, let's just a little bit about rent and mortgages before we do get started. A mortgage, I suppose the benefits of that is that it's seen to be cheaper. Um, obviously, you can pay a smaller sum on a monthly basis in order to live in the house that you get the mortgage for. I suppose with that it comes a caveat because you've got a big financial commitment for the foreseeable future. Generally, a mortgage is over a term of 20 to 30 years. You can do it shorter. You can do it a little bit longer. I think the max is 35 generally that they give out. So, that is a big financial commitment and it's one that will stay with you for quite some time so it's a lot of money tied up in 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 an asset there you will get an asset at the end of it but um it's tied up um so it's a big financial commitment and then with regards to rent then 
obviously it's more expensive per se in the short term um, depending again on, on the situation but it does give you somewhat of a freedom to walk away from that rent rental property um, you know within a within a notice period that you might have to give to to um, a landlord but then more expensive on the flip side so yeah look I think actually mortgages and buying a home is something that's quite popular in Ireland and it's probably ingrained in us from generation to generation and you know, back in back in the day, not in my day, but back in the day, you used to be able to get a house for like thirty grand, which is absolutely mind-boggling at the moment. But you know, it seemed to be the the, the general course of life would be school, college, job, wife, house, kids, pension, etc., etc. And look. That's all well and good. If that's what you want to do, go ahead and do it. Um, but I'm just saying that there's nothing wrong with not owning your own home. Of course, it would be nice. But in a lot of European cities, they don't typically buy a home. They rent. Um, and I suppose the rental market allows them to rent a little bit more um, freely, a little bit with a little bit of a less, less of a kick in the teeth um, at the prices that they're paying. So look, there's five minutes of me talking a little bit about sharing my thoughts on the situation i think it's important to try to take into consideration your circumstance your situation what way you want your life to look and live life on your terms not just because your mom or dad told you that you should buy a house truly find out what it is that you want to do and then hopefully if mortgage is the route that you want to go down you do want to buy your own home this podcast can provide you with some information and some valuable um, insights on the mortgage process and help you get to that next stage that you want to get to. So without further delay, I'd like to introduce this week's guest on the podcast, Michael Curtin, the founder of MC Financial, who's an expert in all things finance. And in today's episode, we're particularly going to focus on the mortgage broker aspect of his business. Michael brings about 21 years of experience in the industry and he has a team of experts behind him as well who bring um, even more of that. So without further ado, I'd like to just give him a chance to say hello and introduce himself. Yeah, thanks very much, Nathan. As you said, uh, Michael Curtin Company is MC Financial. We're an impartial mortgage brokerage uh, based in Dublin 15. Yeah, I myself have over 21, 22 years experience at this focus in the, in the mortgage space and uh, Thanks again for the opportunity coming on tonight, and I hope I can uh, pass on, I suppose, some tips and, and knowledge to, to to your listeners that would be that would be useful. Yeah, definitely, Michael. That's the, kind of the intention, and I suppose even before we get started, to explain to people how I came across you or how I met you at a first-time buyer seminar over in Blanchardstown, and you know, Michael, myself, and yourself were chatting over at that after the seminar had finished. But you'd given a presentation on kind of first-time buyers and some of the criteria that they need to meet in order to uh, qualify for a mortgage, and kind of just talking about the overall process. So that was kind of a, a general gist of the conversation that i was hoping to have on the podcast tonight so um look understanding that there's going to be people with varying levels of understanding of mortgages and everything that comes with them maybe let's just start off really really simple and say what is a mortgage i suppose a mortgage is ultimately a loan from a bank uh, which will allow you to buy a house or an apartment and it will be classed as a secured loan where the bank has the security of the property against the loan that they're giving out to the customer 
Um, mortgages in Aiton are typically over a longer term. It could be 25, 30, possibly even 35 years in length. And then obviously the interest rates, then it depends on the bank and the situation. So that's what a mortgage is. And then I suppose like that's what a mortgage is. And could you explain what a, a mortgage broker is then? Yeah, very good question. So I suppose a key word now we would use is impartial. And, and I, I think the thing to emphasize there, Nathan, is that as an impartial broker, we're not working for any bank. We don't have any allegiance or alignment to any bank. Uh, we're strictly regulated by the central bank in all advice that we give. So I suppose the main thing, Nathan, is we have access to every bank on the market. So we can sit down with our customers and show them all the different banks, the different interest rates, the different criteria, the different offers, and, and, and I suppose take the customer through that. But the key thing, I suppose, Nathan, is you know, buying a property, taking out a mortgage, it's probably in most people, for most people, it's probably going to be the largest financial transaction that they might ever be involved in. So it's a huge decision. And it's a big, big decision. Having, having somebody who's genuinely impartial advising you is very important. I mean, if you go into your local bank, it's still a very Irish thing, if you like, Nathan. You might have a customer who's banking with, for argument's sake, AOB, and they do their banking with them, whatever, and they reach that stage in their life where they're thinking of getting a mortgage. And then the first thing they do is go into their, their bank, and you know the bank may or may not give them approval, and they kind of go with that. And I often say to people, you know, what do you do when your car insurance renewal comes in? And we all know people shop around kind of viciously for car insurance and you, you check the whole market and you play one off the other. And um, But we don't really take the same approach on mortgages. But um, mortgage is a tough process. It's a fair bit of paperwork. It can take time. So, um, you know, reaching out to a good, genuine, um, impartial broker with a good track record uh, will save the customer ultimately a lot of time and money. Yeah, I think it's a massive decision and it's not one to be taken lightly. And I suppose a really good comparison with the insurance companies. And I think we viciously search from company to company and play them all off each other to try and see which one will give us the best deal when it comes to the insurance. And it's definitely something that can be applied when it comes to applying for a mortgage and not just to take the first offer that you get because you're afraid that you won't get another one. Um, and hopefully by listening to this conversation people can find a little bit more out about what it is that they need to do in order to qualify for a mortgage or to be considered for a mortgage and i suppose the demographic of my followers would generally be people who would be looking to purchase their first home so they'd be first-time buyers and i know that they've got some criteria that is uh, special or unique to them so perhaps we could kind of talk a little bit about first-time buyers yeah, again, I think it's a good, good question, definitely. So as well, the things that come to mind there, Nathan, when you say that would be, um, again, trying to keep things simple and to give people a few takeaways would be, th there are strict lending rules laid down by the central bank. And that is that the maximum banks are allowed lend a first-time buyer is three and a half times their income. Now, if you're on 50 grand a year salary, you know, three and a half times that's 175. And that's a straight basic salary. Now, again, 
you know, not everybody's just on a very straight basic salary. It could be overtime, commission, bonuses, shift allowance, you know, what the banks call variable pay. So we would look at all that. Um, so three and a half times, as I said, is, is, is the max. So that's now in some cases, uh, the banks can give more. They can give, uh, say, over three and a half times. You can, that's called an exception. You may have heard that expression. Um, that's, that's difficult to, to, to achieve, but it can be done. Um, I suppose the other key things for personal buyers, Nathan, would be maximum mortgage is 90%. Uh, that's the most you can borrow. Uh, obviously, if you have a bigger deposit or bigger savings, you may not need to borrow 90%, but a lot of first-time buyers would need to borrow the maximum amount, particularly on their first property. Um, maximum term is up to 35 years, depending on the age of the customer. Um, another one that's jumping out, Nathan, which you probably come across yourself, is the Help to Buy scheme, um, which is a government tax refund. And now it only applies to brand new properties. Um, so that's the important to point that out. And obviously, you know, the new homes market can be challenging. You know, there's, there's not maybe that many new developments in Dublin and they can be expensive as well. So it depends on the customer's budget. Um, something I might just mention briefly, Nathan, which you may have heard of yourself. Um, it hasn't been officially ratified yet, but it's due to be. Um, and it's going to be very interesting when it does. But the, the, the government is due to announce uh, a new um, shared equity scheme, which will apply to all properties. Now, again, I've only got the basic details on this, Nathan, but essentially what they'd be doing, the government would be doing is the government would be taking a 30% stake in the house. So um, the customer would get a mortgage for the difference uh, and still put in their own savings or whatever. But again, the, 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 the rationale behind it is, is to kind of help people who otherwise might be struggling to get to the, the price of the house. Now, obviously, the 30% the government takes will have to be paid back down the line. There'll be a low interest rate on that. There, there'll be no pressure on it. Now, again, I'm only giving very basic detail, Nathan, because that's all we really have ourselves. But this is imminent, and it's going to be very interesting if and when it becomes official. So... There'd be a few takeaways there for first-time buyers. Yeah, I think um, one of the things with regards to the, just to kind of recap over some of the points um, for people who are listening, with regards to the 3.5 times your salary, I suppose like 50 grand, I suppose I consider that a decent enough salary or a good salary for any one individual. Um, some people may be on more than that and some people may be on less than that. I suppose um, one of the things to consider there would be as a single applicant, it's just your salary on your own. Um, and then if you were to be combining with, let's say, a partner um, that you could put those two salaries together and which would increase your um, the, you know, the maximum potential lending that you could receive. Um, I suppose that has some some of its own considerations taken into account with regards to you know, making sure that you're staying with that person or there's an agreement with that person uh, on the property as well. But um, yeah, that's a, a point to note, I suppose. And then the deposit, obviously people saving up for deposit. I think the actual saving part is a fundamental part of your application process anyway. And then also I think getting into the habit of saving, there is the best time to start saving is now. Uh, if people haven't been saving previously, uh, you know, 
the best time to start is now and it's never too late to start either so uh, try to encourage people to get into that habit and um, you mentioned on the you could get a you could get an exception which would then lead you to be allowed to receive more than the 3.5 times your salary at first time buyers seminar that I went to that, that you presented at one of the key takeaways for that one was if you were to try and get an exception you would have to have the house picked out in order to actually obtain that ex- uh, exception which is um, definitely an important factor you can't just say well I want to get an exception I'm going to have an extra uh, amount of money and I can allocate it to any property that I want it's definitely an intricate part of that is to have the the property established already yeah it's, it's a good point and you're dead right that some of the banks are quite strict on that they will only consider an application for an exception if you have a definite property in mind, which can be challenging in its own right. Now, not all the banks are like that, but certainly some of them are. So um, something that I was thinking about there, saying, uh, Nathan, as you were talking, something that's quite fresh in my mind. Uh, I have a young couple there at the moment. Um, his income is about 40, and his, his partner's income is about 27. And... Um, they're coming in a maximum mortgage of about 233 and it's it's not enough ultimately for to buy the house that they're that they're looking to buy and um they they, they don't qualify for an exception um, um because again I, I want to be as honest as possible with everybody has managing their expectations you're dead right, 50,000 is a good salary for anybody. Um, but for a single person on 50,000, um, the banks aren't really giving exceptions at that level. You, you, they're looking for a single applicant to be earning maybe 60 and 65 and even 70. Uh, for a joint application, we're finding that couples say, you know, earning 70 grand or under combined, again, are struggling to get an exception. Now, I'm not saying all, all is completely lost there. But again, I'm just trying to give people an idea. But getting back to my couple there. So we looked at all the lenders, no exception available. There's also a government mortgage scheme, which Nathan, you might have heard of, called Rebuilding Ireland, which is done through the county councils. Now, this couple are in Dublin 15, Fingal. So anyway, long story short, they, they, they look like they're going to qualify for a mortgage of about 290 with Rebuilding Ireland. Now, the whole idea of Rebuilding Ireland when it came in was to, for young people like that who, who might be struggling to get, you know, more than three and a half times, and but they have a good record of savings, paying rent, they have all their kind of ducks in a row, they're working away. And um, now, look, you know, I'm not, I'm not on here to bank, uh, bash the banks or other brokers, not, not at all, but my point is, you know, if you were in with a bank, definitely in with a bank, they're not going to be mentioning rebuilding Ireland to you. And I know other brokers probably don't tend to do it either, but I'm quite familiar with it. And my view of the world is when somebody comes into me, I'll do everything I can to help them. Um, now, that, that customer is, has, to, has to deal directly with rebuilding Ireland. I'm not as such involved. I advise them and help them out of it. But at the end of the day, you know, if they get sorted and they're happy and they have the keys to their new home, they'll remember the person they got advice from. So some things that stand out to me is with regards to some of the stuff you're saying, all of this stuff is circumstantial and, you know, things are going to change based on the number of applicants at any one given time, the number of houses on the market and 
house prices and fluctuations and stuff like that as well. So it's definitely circumstantial and you know, things are ever changing. And then with regards to the, the money side of things there that you're mentioning, um, definitely some of the figures would resonate with me because I've been doing this kind of looking uh, for quite some time now. I'd say even the last two years, maybe just me on my own without any kind of appetite to actually go in and do it. I think over the last year, I've actually you know started to pick it up. I actually was planning to do a like to go out and try and get a mortgage this year. Um, I'd been on the phone with yourself. I think it was once or twice over the last the last year since we initially uh, got in touch. And I suppose one of the things with COVID and and one of the things with kind of um, thought process people would have had was that house prices would fall and that it would be the right time to buy and stuff like that. But uh, I think given the given the housing climate that we have in this country, you know they're gonna they're kind of held strong over the last year. And then uh, again with the piece of uh, being circumstantial given that there's so much more people saving and they're saving much more money than they ever had previously because they can't spend a whole lot uh, on, on other things. It means that the banks can be a lot more picky or they can, you know, be very selective with who they, who they choose to give a mortgage to. And, you know, even having said that they're already very choosy and they're already very picky with who they, who they choose as well. So yeah, definitely something that stands out to me there. With regards to being choosing on who they give mortgages to, without going into like the, you know, the, the full scope and the in-depth uh, analysis on kind of, you know, saving for the six months and being able to display clean bank statements to, uh, to the banks, because that's basically what they go off. They want to be able to gather as much information as possible in order to assess you as a uh, as a candidate for getting a loan and then being able to repay that loan over the term that you've selected, being able to prove that you can repay the loan. And that is basically this, this, the substance for that, um, for that evidence is to have savings regularly going from a current account to a savings account. And then that would be, I'm going <laughs> to kind of load it up and you, and you can take it from there, but that would essentially be your capacity to repay. That's a, a big part of uh, the mortgage application process. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think I we did a questions and answers on our own Instagram last week. And I kind of reiterate what I said then. If, if your listeners uh, forget everything else I've said in you tonight, the, if they were to take one thing away from tonight would be what you said there is repayment capacity. Now that's the, that's the banks, their own lingo, their own words for saying, can you show us you're able to pay back, you're able to save? And as you said, six months is the golden number. And whenever you're applying for the mortgage, it's the last six months. And they're extremely strict and they're extremely anal on that six months. So preparing ahead for that six months is so important. So for first-time buyers, what they're looking to see is them paying rent or some form of rent and saving regularly, ideally a combination of both. Now, we often see Nathan people living at home might be paying much rent or any rent, and they're saving through the roof. That's fine. Sometimes we see people paying a high rent somewhere, which they might be able to save that much. They might be getting a gift from their parent source deposit. That's okay as well because the, the bank can see the rent being paid or they can see the money being saved or a bit of both. As well as that, Nathan, something we can include in repayment capacity is 
say they were paying a loan, like a car loan or something for three or 400 quid a month, and that loan is coming to an end, well, then we can include that as well. So um, it's really important. The other two, I suppose, major fundamentals, uh, again, you touched on it. One is uh, obviously their jobs and their incomes and what the banks would say, the sustainability of their employment. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, a uh, permanent job and what are they working on? Obviously, things are uncertain at the moment over the pandemic. Um, and, you know, look, as we know, like so hospitality, retail, certain sectors have been really hammered. But there's a lot of sectors that are flying, you know, food, pharmaceuticals, IT, public sector, whatever. And then the last thing, Nathan, would be financial commitment. So if you have a child, crash fees, your know, child care, if you have a car loan, credit card debt, you know, other loans. So so again, they're, so they're looking at three things. The job, the income is number one, the repayment capacity, which we spoke about, and then the the the, the, the commitment. So again, going back quickly to that couple, she was in the public sector, an SNA. He was working um, in, a, in a kind of a tradesman job, solid, secure job, and they had no debts. Now, I will say he was paying a small amount of maintenance to his ex-partner for a child. And and just to, just to finish off on that, that actually had an effect on them getting an exception. So again, um, you know, I'm 21 years doing this. I've seen everything. And, and again, the major thing I've been saying, Nathan, to people is reach out, get advice. It'll cost you nothing. And you'll, you'll come away a lot more informed. Um, I mean, I spoke to a broker I know recently. had a young girl who was on a small enough salary. She was probably struggling to see light at the end of the tunnel. And in fairness, he, 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 he had a long chat with her, a very capable girl, sound girl, and he gave her some great advice. Now, it was fairly extreme in that she had a bit of saving. She went away and put the savings into doing the degree went away, forgot about buying a house for a few years, got a degree, and ultimately got a much better job and was able to get, then get a mortgage for a property where she wanted to live in rather than maybe having to, you know, think of other plans. So there's a few things in there which are, which, which hopefully are of benefit. Definitely. Um, just one thing that um, I wanted to ask a question on, and I think it's, it's, it's a good question to ask, and me personally, I'd be very adverse to kind of loans in general. Obviously, a mortgage is, is kind of a, a no, it, you cannot buy a house for a straight up cash. And if you are, you're doing something really well and drop me a message and let me know what you're doing. Um, but with regards to loans, I suppose, again, I'm not a financial advisor, but showing a capacity to repay, it, it does show a capacity to repay. But at the same time, it can be also seen as a, negative on the on your kind of um outgoings if it's a loan that is going on into the future and would overlap with the term of the mortgage as well isn't that right yeah 100 percent. i mean yeah look i mean the reason i mentioned it was that we do come across people who are coming to the end of a loan it could be the last year or two or the, the balance is down to a few grand or whatever and there might be capacity just to clear it off and get rid of it before they take on the mortgage and i was just making the point there that the monthly payment that they were paying can be included in that case. But you're dead right. I mean, if it's a loan of, say, 15 grand and they're paying 350, 400 a month and, you know, the loan isn't going away, well, that will have an effect on 
what they can borrow. Now, again, it depends on the case. You know, it depends on the size of the loan. If they have dependent children, you know, it, it, there's other factors come into it. So like some people, Nathan, will be on a very strong salary, strong income, good savings, good deposit, and they might have any kids. And that loan then might not be affecting the bottom line. So it just depends. But your, your, your general point is, is, is dead right. And, um, and I mean, look, I suppose mortgages is my specialist area, if you like. But I am a qualified financial advisor. So, you know, and myself, my colleagues. So we do, you know, we have a responsibility as well to give good financial advice. We're governed by the central bank, as I mentioned. And, you know, we have a responsibility, responsibility to um, advise our customers in a responsible manner in the overall scheme of things. But, but again, you know, what we have to do when we meet a client or the first consultation, Nathan, is we have to do a fairly detailed fact find, which is a financial fact find on the customer, where we get in behind, obviously, all these details. And Yeah, definitely. Um, I have one question with regards to the kind of um, the, the bank accounts and the um, making sure that they're clean for the six months. I think it's quite topical, given the, the week that that, that is, is present at the moment, and it's uh, in regards to online gambling and, obviously, Previously, if you're going into a, a bookies and you're handing over cash, it's less traceable. Now, they're probably still raising questions with regards to what that money was spent on anyway. But now, given the fact that it's all online and it's it's um, on the betting apps, online gambling, would that be a big no-no? Yeah, it, I suppose in short, it is. And again, we had this last Friday night on our Instagram and I actually... This week, I was on to the banks myself, and I was actually saying, "Look, guys, do you have a specific policy on someone having a few bets?" You know, and they don't necessarily have anything in black and white. But as well, answer your question, Nathan. They don't like it. They don't yeah. like it. And um, I had a customer of mine last week. A good guy, very good job, good income, good good operator, non-drinker, non-smoker, hard labor, really good guy, plenty of net disposable income. And he's having a few football bets the weekend, far from a hanging offence. And the banks don't like it. And now I would contend in that case, you know, that's wrong. Like, you know, uh, as you said a minute ago, like if you've been going into the bookies, having a 40, 50 quid, maybe a few bets from the ATM machine, there's no one going to be making any judgments on it. But look, now don't get me wrong Nathan there are cases then lads on maybe lesser money and you know you can see that they might have a problem they're doing a lot of gambling and there's a lot of you know so that's I suppose what the banks would see as a negative now look I always say in simplistic terms look lads keep off the betting um, off your bank statements and the girls keep out of the shops and Oh, sure, even these days, some of the lads are spending just as much money and even, if not, maybe more on clothes, runners and everything else that comes with it. Look, some people spend more on coffee than some lads would in a football bet at the weekend, you know? So I think, but your, your point is right. Like, as we both know, with the pandemic, everything has turned upside down. I mean, you mentioned saving there earlier on. Like, you know, there's a huge amount of saving going on. And as you say, people are cocooned, confined, you know, they might have even been renting their back home with parents. 
you can't book a holiday, you can't go anywhere, you can't do anything. So people have been saving to the roof. And because they're cocooned as well, Nate, and during this time, they're probably saying, I want to get my own place. I want to get away from parents now. I want to get away from landlord. I want to get my own place. But I think, look, but again, you know, there could be lads at home there tonight that have had a few bets and they're thinking, oh, you know. But again, I'd be saying, look, okay, Cheltenham's on this week. We, all, we both know that. But but again, look, reach out, have a chat. Because I, I often say to people who come to me and might have to send them away for two or three months. Two or three months is nothing. It's Absolutely. nothing. You know, and now it might be in reality six months, but I say to them, look, ring me in three months or I'll ring you and we'll have a little catch up and see where you're at. Because at the end of the day, what people want is hope. They want to see, look, there's light in the tunnel and working towards something. Because at the end of the day, I think it's important to say this name as well, that there's potentially a massive prize at the end of the rainbow here. Like a new house, a new apartment, your own place. Like it's, it's, it's you. So yes, there'll be sacrifices and some tough decisions and some tough times along the way, but you know there is a potentially massive... And I know from talking to yourself over the time, you know, Nathan, that the way you kind of carry yourself and like, I know you're the type of guy that will get there as well, will get your own place and, and you're still quite young, very young and you, you will get there and, you know, but you're realistic about it as well. And I know when we spoke at the seminar originally and you were very honest and straight with me because, you know, I followed up on all the people who came and, you know, you were saying you were there looking for information and you were, you know, just getting going. At the end of the day, no one said it was easy, but if you're getting the good advice, if you, if you follow a plan, I mean, th there's no reason why people can't achieve their home ownership at the end of it. Yeah, I've kind of been exposing myself to this sort of information from quite a young age and I've built up a, a routine and a habit with regards to saving regularly each month and putting that away and it's quite satisfying in a certain sense to to see it growing and getting closer and closer to the goal of the deposit for the house and I won't give away any details about me bank balance I might get a few um few gold diggers hit me up um after the podcast but um yeah so I suppose the I think one of the most important things for people is to take that first step I think often the case the, the first step is always the hardest one and I think nothing worth having comes easy in life and I think in order to get um to a point where you can qualify for a mortgage it's going to take some sacrifice it's going to take some some effort and it's going to take a well-formulated and thought-out plan to get you to that point and I think that's where someone like yourself can really provide a lot of value um to people who who are in that situation because you've been through it time and time again and it's what you do on a daily basis so yeah, I would encourage people to to reach out and get help um, from yourself or from from a mortgage broker, uh, even just have a chat. Like I said, I suppose sometimes the most difficult step is is taking that first step. And when you're going on a journey towards something that is quite unknown for a lot of people, it's important to seek help and assistance from people who do know what it is that they they're talking about. And um, like it's it's been a pain point that I've seen on social media for a lot of people with regards to the home ownership and kind of somewhat accepting the fact that they, they won't be able to to own their own home. But I suppose, look, I think regardless of your situation or circumstance, it, that may be the circumstance right now, but it doesn't have to be that, that way forever. And you can work towards, you know, that long term goal and it'll be difficult, but it's not to say that it's impossible. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and I know we're talking a lot about first time buyers tonight, but I, I deal with home movers as well and switchers and buy to let and investment and different things. And, you know, sometimes people ring me, they might have been in financial distress or something. And I, I always say to them, you know, I, I always acknowledge, particularly in those situations, that look, the best thing you've done, the most important thing is you picked up the phone. You know, you've actually phoned someone, you've emailed someone, you've texted someone, you've reached out. That's the starting point, you know, and people, I see it, I see it a lot of things. I mean, it's in my nature, I suppose, to pick up the phone and chase things down. That's just the way I am. But some, for a lot of people, that's, Nathan, that doesn't come easy. You know, they're, they, they, they might lack confidence or lack knowledge. So with regards to reaching out, is there a website or is there a phone number that people can contact you on in order to get some help and assistance from someone who's been through the process time and time again and really knows what they're doing? And I confidently share your contact information and encourage people to, to reach out and have a chat with you because having done so myself, um, I have a great sense of confidence in you as a person and uh, a real sense of trust as well. And you're a genuinely nice bloke, um, regardless of your knowledge. Yeah, the, the main website is www.mcfinancial.ie. That's our main website. It's my business, Nathan. It's my name over the door. I'm not a bank. We make ourselves available. Obviously, we're available in the traditional office hours, but if people want to have a chat with us in the evening or over the weekend, there's no issue. We, we work around people's schedules. Just one last question then with regards to mortgages, uh, well, particularly on the mortgage broker side of things. What would be the main reasons why you would suggest someone reaches out and contacts a mortgage broker um, like yourself? It's a tough process. A lot of paperwork, a lot of underwriting, layers of process. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to come on here and say it's a piece of cake because it's not. Now, if you're dealing with a, a broker like myself, it's not a walk in the park, but we do, we do take a hell of a lot of that pain out of it and if I get one other message out to your listeners tonight is that they'll never have to meet a bank they'll never have to phone a bank they'll never have to take time off work to rush into a bank on a Friday evening and get car parking or someone to mind the child they'll never have to do any of that we're doing all them things for them so um, and look even if you know and in addition to that obviously you know, shopping around, getting the best deal, you know, laying it all out for them as well. And, you know, look, just one other quick thing, buying a property, it's not just buying a property, you have to engage an auction, a solicitor, the property has to be valued, it has to be surveyed, you need life cover, you need property insurance, you may be getting to help to buy, refund, and um, there's a lot of things in that, and people need their, their hands held. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I hope now, having listened to the conversation, that people have a better understanding of what a mortgage is, how they can go about applying for one, some of the key criteria that they need to hit in order to, to be considered for one, and some of the benefits of reaching out to a mortgage broker like yourself. Michael, just before we finish things up, there's always two questions that I ask people at the end of every podcast. Uh, and the first one being, is there any changes this year that you've been forced to make that you would choose to keep? Yeah, it's a good question. It's a couple of things I'd say there. For me personally, I mentioned the four kids, and so busy life and they have lots of activities and sports and stuff like that. And obviously, everything's been shut down. For me, I've had a lot more time to, to think, and it's definitely given me time to reflect on things. And 
and maybe more time at home, more family time, stuff like that. But again, I, I, I think on a business level, you know, I'm very lucky. I said this to my wife originally when the pandemic started. I felt very lucky I could work from home. I felt very lucky I could, could continue to work because as we both know, there's a lot of businesses out there that are shut down and that's it. So I felt very lucky on those two fronts. But I suppose for me, I'd like to think I'm working more efficiently. You know what I mean? There's probably, probably things I waste a lot of time on. Now, mm-hmm. look, you live, you live in there. I don't, I don't have regrets. I'm not one for looking back. Yeah, definitely. And I know you'd mentioned about um, even Zoom being such a, a fundamental part of your business now, and I'm sure that that will remain to the future as well. Um, so I suppose I just wanted, to, I'm conscious of time here, and I know you're you're a busy man, and I do appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on and have a chat with me. I really do hope people in, enjoyed listening to the conversation, and if you have enjoyed listening, um, I would ask you kindly to give the podcast a share uh, and tag at ladvice.ie and at MC Financial. I'll leave the handles in the description of the podcast and um yeah that's really it i would encourage people to to reach out to um michael and mc financial if they do have any particular queries with regards to mortgages and stuff he really really is uh such a, a nice genuine guy who is extremely informed and knowledgeable on his area of expertise so yeah that's pretty much it from me and um I did actually nearly forget about the, the, the last question that I always ask. So it's like, what is it that you're looking forward to when things do get back to normal? Um, now, I, I may kind of influence your, your answer here by saying, you know, we, we'd mentioned before the kind of the call had kicked off that um, you were looking to start going to some League of Ireland matches. So maybe it might be the case that I might see you in Daily Moon Park at some stage in the near future to, for, a, for a Bowes match. Please God, we'll have a beer in Daily Moon Park at some stage. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the thing that I'm looking forward to the most out of anything is, is getting back to League of Ireland matches and, and especially to, to Daily Mount Park. So, yeah, thanks very much for, for coming on. And uh, I'll, I'll keep in touch with regards to kind of where I'm at with um, the whole mortgage process and where I'm going in the future. And um, I'll definitely be in touch. Yeah, likewise, Dan. Thanks very much for the opportunity. You're doing great work there. It's great to be able to come on and, and I suppose, answer a few questions. So, I'll chat to you soon, yeah? Yeah, I hope everyone's enjoyed this week's podcast episode. Would encourage you to give it a share if you did enjoy it, not only to help me reaching more people, but to help people who who need it because a conversation around mortgages and buying a home and stuff like this is a, is a really important one to have. It's one that I see a lot of pain and frustration on social media about and i think the more that we talk about it and the more that we can kind of bring about the discussion in a positive sense and hopefully help and empower people to make a positive movement in their life and the better for everyone so yeah that's it from me i will love you and leave you and see you again next week for another smashing episode (laughs) bye-bye peace